Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. Or get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy, 85, from the Amiibros podcast. Reporting to you live right now from the closet. Uh... I got a lot of picks and things I want to get to you, but it's been a long week. So uh, I wanted to make sure I got these out before the game started. So be prepared, listen to this, and then make your wagers as quickly as you possibly can if you're in Las Vegas or New Jersey or places where you can legally gamble. So uh, first and foremost, I want to get into one topic. Can we get over this? Can we get over this? LeBron had to leave Cleveland because he was... He got broken by the Celtics. Like, let's let's dive into this topic really quickly. First and foremost, KG, have we ever, ever been in a more of a situation where, hey, Kettle, meet Pot? Like, first and foremost, KG, he had one player who was his contemporary at his position for the time he was in the league. It was Tim Duncan who came in in 98. KG came in in 95. They were virtually the same age, and they were compared throughout their time. And I defended KG. I said, look, everybody's talking about Duncan winning titles, but KG doesn't have David Robinson. He doesn't have Tony Parker. He doesn't have Manu Ginobili. He doesn't have Sean Elliott. He doesn't have all these players that made up those rosters that won all these titles. And I said, hey, if KG had the kind of help that Tim Duncan had, I think KG's actually a little bit of a better player. I think he they're both elite defensively, but I think KG's a little bit more versatile. I think KG had a little bit more of a mid-range game than Tim Duncan did. I just like KG's feistiness a little bit more, and I thought clutch free throws t- Duncan tended to miss, KG tended to make those shots. But now here we go. We are five years since KG retired, and we're coming with this, we broke LeBron, so he had to leave Cleveland. All right, first and foremost, if you punch me in the face and then I punch you back. We can't, you can't then after I punch you back say, oh, guys, why, why all the violence? Like, LeBron made the conference finals as a 21-year-old, then made the NBA finals as a 22-year-old. The following year, after LeBron makes the title, uh, makes the finals, the Celtics puts together a big three. Celtics couldn't compete with LeBron. They had no chance. And so what happens? KG joins with two other Hall of Famers and a future multi-time All-Star in Rajon Rondo, and they win a title in 08. They put together the first quote-unquote big three that was not organically put together. I mean, you had a couple others beforehand where it was, you know, the Lakers in 04 where they they had the big four with with, uh, Malone and, and, and Gary Payton, who everybody tends to look back and say, oh, they were old, although... You know, Gary Payton was averaging 20 and 7 before he got there, and Malone was averaging 21 and 8. But hey, you know, revisionist history, we try to make it seem like they weren't good, like they weren't the prohibitive favorite going into the season. But back to this. So the Celtics were the one who put together the big three. The Celtics were the one who couldn't get by LeBron. And then we're like, hey, let's put together this team. So then LeBron is in Cleveland. He's too good to get lottery picks because he's going to win 60 games with all these, you know, with, I think his, his starting lineup at the time he won 60 games was Eric Snow. Uh, Sasha Pavlovic, uh, himself at the small forward, Drew Gooden and Zydrunas Ogioskis. Because, you know, that that's a 60-win team. You know what I mean? You put that together, oh, wow. And then after that, they were like, oh, let's get us Mo Williams. So they hit Mo Williams. Uh, it, they traded a second-round pick for him. He was a, a second-round pick himself. He makes the All-Star game after 
three people dropped out. He was a third alternate. And everybody's like, oh, LeBron had another all-star teammate. Um, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. So you look at it. LeBron lost two series. He lost, the, the, after that, he lost to the Magic, uh, where he averaged 39, 8, and 8 on 49% from the field. And people look back at it and say, oh, LeBron couldn't even beat the Magic. Well, let's look at the series. There were four players on the other team who were better than the rest of the players on the Cavs outside of LeBron. You looked at it, you had Dwight Howard, who was the second best player in the series. You had uh, Hedo Tuckerloo, who was the third best. You had Richard Lewis, who was the fourth best. Rayford Austin dominated Mo Williams, but even without that, they had uh, Marcin Gratat coming off the bench. They had J.J. Reddick coming off the bench. They had Michael Peters coming off the bench. So in a series where Reggie Miller, who was commentating, said, I've never seen one team rely on one player as much as the Cavaliers are relying on LeBron. We look back and saw, couldn't even get past the Magic. Follow-up next year. They win 60-plus games. They play versus the Celtics. And in this series, there are five, the top five players in the series, four of them play for the Celtics. Rajon Rondo had a 29-18-11 and 11 game in that series. Obviously, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett were way better. They had Rasheed Wallace. They had uh, uh, Eddie House. They had a slew of players. And LeBron was sitting out there with his second-best player being Anton Jameson or maybe Mo Williams, who consistently shrunk when it came to the playoff time. And, oh, LeBron decides, hey, I'm going to go to a team where I actually have some help. And now we look back at it, revisionist history, and say, oh, LeBron had this super, super stacked team. Really? Let's look at that team. It was the big three, Bosh, Wade, LeBron. You guys want to guess who were the, the other two starters? They started that season. Carlos Arroyo and Joel, Joel Anthony. Off the bench, they had two decent bench players. It was Mike Miller and Udonis Haslam. They had Mario Chalmers, who was in his second year as a second-round pick. They had traded away all their assets to get it. You looked at that roster, it was all 35-plus-year-olds. It was Eric Dampier. It was Jerry Stackhouse. It was Jawan Howard. It was Junis Elgowskis. And, and they had Dexter Pittman, who they put in. I'm not sure if you guys remember Dexter Pittman. He weighed like 370 pounds at Texas. He lost all his weight to get to the league and got down about 320, but still was about 6'8", 320. They were trying to figure out who they could put in the lineup. And LeBron just beat you guys. You can't say, oh, the, the league orchestrated. No, no, you know what the league orchestrated? They orchestrated the fact that you guys had to play versus LeBron, and LeBron had 46, 16, and 13, or whatever that game was, where he decided, hey, look, I'm tired of us losing to you guys. Let, let us end this. And he ran you guys to Brooklyn. And then you guys got to Brooklyn, and you guys, many people don't remember. That Brooklyn team, it had KG, Paul Pierce. They also traded J Jason Terry in that trade. Darren Williams. Joe Johnson. I mean, they had a squad. Andre Blatch was coming off the bench, putting up numbers. And they swept the Heat in the regular season. And then they were going to play them in the playoffs. They they uh, they played in the second round because the Nets beat the Raptors. And then everybody said, oh, man, they dominated the Heat in the regular season. I think they got a chance. A lot of people were picking the Nets to beat the Heat. And what happened? LeBron ran them out of Brooklyn. Swept. At the end of the day, whenever you want to try to take shots, at somebody who has a much more impeccable resume than you do, make sure you look in the mirror first. There's a Bible scripture that says, hey, before you tell the guy about the splinter he has in his, in his uh, eye, why don't you take the, the light pole size uh, wood piece out of your own? Like At the end of the day, this is a chance for KG to relax, look back at it, and say, hey, look, LeBron James, heck of a player, top five player of all time by any estimation. I think the greatest of all time. I was the top 25 player of all time possibly, but we just couldn't get it done. Instead, excuses.
And you know what they say, show me a person who's great at making excuses, and I'll show you a person who's not very good at much else. So let's get to the picks. Guys, I got some picks for you this weekend that I think are going to blow your wallet wide open to put more cash in it. So look, college, obviously we got a, uh, a small uh, segment of bowl games. Easiest one I'm going to tell you, North Carolina A&T versus Alcorn State Celebration Bowl. A&T is a two-and-a-half point favorite. Take A&T. This might as well be called the Aggie, the Aggie Classics. They've won this, this, this championship three of the last four years, and they've only been in it three of the last four years. This year will be no different. They beat Alcorn State last year. They will beat Alcorn State this year. They will cover the two-and-a-half points. Book that. Next, we're going to go to some NFL games because we got NFL games on Saturday today. So take the Texans. Minus three points versus the Buccaneers. few reasons. One, Texans wrap up the division if they win this game. So there's obviously a greater sense of urgency. Two, Jameis Winston throws for a ton of yards, but he's going to give you at least two turnovers every game. And the Texans capitalize on turnovers. They're one of the best teams in the league with taking turnovers and turning them into points. Third, Bucs don't have Mike, uh, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin in this game. Who is he throwing the ball to? Bashar Breeland? O.J. Howard, look, this is not a game where they have enough weapons to where they can exploit the obvious lack of secondary help that the Texans have at times. So I expect this game to be a very, very compelling game early on. I think the Texans will pull away late. I got them winning by somewhere between 10 and 14 points. If you can get it at three, book that. Next game. This is one of the easiest games to bet, I think. You have the Browns playing versus the Ravens. Ravens have been covering every spread basically every time. They're only a 10-point favorite at Cleveland. Cleveland is missing Miles Garrett, and Cleveland dominated in the first game, so the Ravens are going to be extremely pissed off and have an ability to, to clinch the overall number one seed with a win in that game. Take the Ravens to cover the 10 points easily. Book that. Next game, we got the Buffalo Bills today. Plus six and a half points versus the Patriots. I thought they dominated the first game. They lost by six points the first game and had five turnovers to the Patriots, zero turnovers. That is not sustainable. Clearly, I think the Josh Allen's playing much better football than he was playing at the beginning of the year. He hasn't been turning it over. I got the Bills winning straight up, but if you're going to give me six and a half points, I will gladly take it with a hug and a, a cup of hot chocolate. Book that. Last game of the five, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers plus five and a half points versus the Vikings. Let's look at this realistically. The Vikings don't have Dalvin Cook, who their entire offense is based off of. As much as I like their backup running back, Madison, I don't expect him to be able to, to carry the workload that Dalvin Cook did. And throw in the fact that the Packers already beat them straight up earlier this season. And now I get the Packers and I get five and a half points. And if the Packers win this, they get a chance that they, they would uh, lock up the division and they still have a chance at the overall number one seed. I'm going to take the Packers to win the game straight up, but especially to cover the five and a half. That is the 85 Weekend Picks. Check us out on the podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, any place you can find your podcast. Also, check us out on social media platforms. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook.com forward slash The Amibros. We're on Twitter at Amibros Podcast. And at Instagram at Amibros underscore podcast. And I'm out. Peace.